Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. This is episode number 417 with Richard Kuhns, How to Overcome Dating Anxiety. Hello, everybody. I'm Sandy Weiner. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, where we believe it is never too late for love and that a woman of value naturally attracts the respect and rewards she deserves in life and in love. And speaking of women of value, my new book on that topic is available now on Amazon Kindle and paperback. It is called Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love. And it's filled with my own personal stories, client stories, interviews, excerpts from interviews that I've done over the last seven years on this show. And it's a culmination of 30 tips and exercises to help you build your core confidence and step more fully into your value. This week's tip, which is from the book, is called uh, Adapt a Positive Mindset. And, you know, just today in my Facebook group, Your Last First Date, which I would love for you to join, we had a monitor post that was about this. Many people believe that dating after 40 or relationships can be awful. It can be so negative and horrible. And and it's been compared to so many awful things. I mean, dating has been compared to a jungle and to a zoo. And you're lucky if you get out alive and all kinds of horrible things. And so if you want to succeed, having a positive mindset about dating, about relationships, about yourself, all of that matters. So uh, my challenge to you today is that if you currently have a negative mindset, either about dating, relationships, yourself, catch yourself saying something negative and find the positive instead, because what you focus on grows. And as I mentioned before, my Facebook group is Your Last First Date. We have an amazing, amazing group. So if you are single, if you are in a relationship, if you are over 40, this is the place to be for positive growth. We are not a place to come to just vent and get confirmed that you, what you believe is right about how men suck and all that stuff. That's not, that's not what our group is about. We are here to help you build towards the relationship you want and go on your last first date. So join us there. And now for my guest, Richard Kuhns. He's a best-selling author of many books about self-esteem, building confidence, which is what I just talked about, self-love, and internet dating. And he's also created over 50 CDs about stress-related topics. Welcome to the show, Richard. Thanks. Glad to be here. So let's start with anxiety on first dates. Why do you think people are so anxious when it comes to first dates? Well, what is anxiety? Um, what what do you feel when you feel anxious? Where do you feel it? Where, where is it in the body that you feel it? Are you asking me or are you yes, asking the uh, audience? Yeah, yeah we're going yeah, to have fun. <laughs> okay. Typically, like where, where do we feel it? I definitely feel it in my stomach and also yes. solar plexus. Yes. The, you, you get it in the stomach. You get that the wheezy feeling, that oozy feeling in the stomach. And what, but that's not the only thing that happens. That's the thing that you're most aware of. But if you stop and take inventory of the rest of your body, you'll find that 
your blood pressure's gone up a little or a lot. Your vascular, your fingers have gotten a little cooler or a lot. Your perspiration on your fingertips has increased a little or a lot, depending on the level and, and the, the specificity of the stress response and how you've learned to respond. It is a stressor going on a new date. What else happens? Well, muscles tense up. The thing with the stomach is simply the stomach has stopped digesting. You've got food there and it's not working. It's not digesting. So you're, you're, you're feeling that stress. So we got blood pressure up. We have sweat gland activity. We have vascular changes. We have muscular changes, blood pressure. This is the parasympathetic nervous system kicking in. It is prepared. Now you're going on a first date, but your brain, your unconscious brain is preparing you to fight or run. Now, isn't that interesting? Who are you going to fight? Who are you going to run from? Do you want to run from your date? Do you want to fight your date? You haven't even, I mean, except for some exchange on the uh, texting and emails, you haven't even met her yet. But not knowing what's going on, we end up invalidating ourselves. This is stupid. This is dumb. What's wrong with me? We put ourselves down. It can even affect our self-esteem until we recognize what's happening with the, par the sympathetic nervous system. It's the sympathetic nervous system preparing you to fight or run. Now, there's no, I mean, it's not, it's not like you're walking down the street and you see a pit bull coming after you. Well, then we understand what's going on. We're, we're really ready to uh, charge at that pit bull and, and deal with it, or we're going to run away. But we're talking about a date, you know, not a pit bull. So the, the thing about the brain is very interesting. The unconscious brain doesn't care whether you're being physically threatened or whether your finances are being threatened, your ego is being threatened, your family status is being threatened. So your ego is being threatened and is preparing you to fight or run. So the first thing is to recognize that this is normal. This is natural. It's your ego being, you know, it goes back, the ego goes back 10 years, 20 years, 30 years to when you were embarrassed, you know, when you uh, uh, approached a member of the opposite sex and didn't get the desired result and you were embarrassed. And so the, that is an unconscious memory that's triggering the parasympathetic, the sympathetic nervous system. So how do you deal with that? Well, there are many stress management techniques. My uh, website is full of them, many 50 CDs, as you said. Uh, it, it, now, you can use a technique like meditation. Well, you might not have 30 minutes to sit down, cross your legs. I, I never get that right. You know, I can't cross my legs in the yoga thing. But uh, okay, so that's not practical. Well, how about self-hypnosis? Well, that's about a five-minute thing. Well, you might not even have five minutes. But if you do, it's a good thing to do. Meditate, uh, uh, visualizations, uh, there's autogenic training. Uh, you may not have time to do that. But if you take any program in stress management, the first technique they're going to teach you most likely is deep breathing. So what we want to do is acknowledge that the sympathetic nervous system has kicked us in, ready to fight or run. Hey, there's nobody, I, 
you look around, there's nobody here I want to fight or run from. There's no need because it's the, the sympathetic nervous system has kicked in adrenaline, noradrenaline, epinephrine, and cortisol. It is armed you to the teeth. And there's nothing to do. Hey, there's nobody here to fight. There's no, you know, it, it's just important to look around with your eyes to let your subconscious, because your brain says, maybe he's behind you, you know, you're, you're subconscious. So you, you acknowledge that there's nobody here to fight or run. And now you kick in the parasympathetic nervous system, which releases catecholamines that cancels out and wipes out the anxiety. And that's simply a matter of using deep breathing. And when we do deep breathing, it's simply to sit, or you can do it standing, sit straight, and breathe not into your chest. Many people think deep breathing is about, you know, that's a tense breath. That's involving musculature in the chest, can lead to headaches, more anxiety, discomfort. So we want to be relaxed about our breath. We want to breathe in through the nose, down through the chest, into the abdomen, and let it slowly expand to pull in a full deep breath. And then hold it for a few seconds. So until you become a master of deep breathing, you might breathe to a cadence. Breathe in one, two, three, four, five. Hold it two, three, four, five. Exhale, two, three, four, five. Breathe in, two, three. You do that two or three minutes, and you can do probably 10 or 15 breaths if you keep your mind on track. That will bring things down. And then, as you noted before, the attitude. You, the, bro, the brain is actually computer. You it's important that you program it. As you said, you can program it with, hey, the dating scene is a zoo. The, uh, there's nobody out there. It, it's a waste of time. Or you can say, I prefer, I like to use, in, instead of telling the brain I have to, which creates anxiety, by the way, or I must do something, or the, it's imperative, I'd like to. I prefer to be relaxed, calm, and have fun and whatever else you like to add to that affirmation and you're off and if you remember because the brain remember it's got maybe 10 20 years of past programming so five minutes later you might notice the brain kicking in the fight or flight again you just center yourself do your deep breathing keep reminding your brain to be on point you want to have fun. You're meeting a new person. This is a great opportunity. You're going to uh, check them out and see if, if it's a, a match and if you like the company. Oh. I think that's, that breathing technique has been called square breathing by some people, and it's, it's a really beautiful technique that's easy to do. I think what I like about this is it's, it's doable. Most people will not sit for 30 minutes into a yogic no, position every time they're they're feeling anxious and you can do this in the car you can do this anywhere standing sitting like you said and i think what really works is having practices that are doable and repeatable herbert benson who is a well-known um 
expert in stress management, used as a part of what he calls a QR response, quiet relaxations response. And so as you exhale, you also smile. Because the funny thing is, when you smile, you, you can't be angry, you can't be upset. You know, smiling is amazing. So always smile. Mm, I like that one too. I think there's, there's also um, laughing yoga, you know, where you laugh while you're doing yoga. So that helps with the breathing and it helps oh, with your yes. attitude. and Laughter, yeah. humor. Mm. You can get in a frame of mind before if you find a favorite YouTube channel where you find the kind of comedians that you like and the comedy that you enjoy. Watch that to get in a, in a, uh, a friendly frame of mind. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think one of the things that happens also on dates is the expectations. I know that when I started dating after my divorce, I would build somebody up in my brain to be this amazing person, my future partner. This is going to, I could picture us walking down the aisle together. And then inevitably I'd meet them and it would be like a bubble bursting because nobody can really pretty much ever live up to those expectations. And I think, we get, we, yeah, we get addicted to our ideas. Yes. So do you have any tips on managing expectations? Cause I think that's another big part of why people get so anxious and they build people up and put them on a pedestal. So how can they manage expectations? Well, I, you know, I, I used to have a, a poster in my office. I, I don't know what happened when, when we moved, I lost it, but that poster said, uh, don't take life so seriously. You'll never get out of it alive. So what can we do to, to manifest that? Kind of remember it. You know, uh, you know th th there are many great things. The point is kind of to try to remember that. Don't take life too seriously. You'll never get out of it alive. And the, the reality of life is we, we make plans. And we have goals. Our goal is to meet the person. We have a picture, as you said, of what this person's going to be like. And I mean, we've communicated a while and, and we, we fill in the blanks and we have all the details worked out to we're going to get married and live in this uh, cottage and it's going to be a picket fence all around. And the point is life is, re is rarely about our goals, achieving our goals. It's more about how to deal with our goal falling short of achieving our goals and, and then liking ourselves instead of putting ourselves down for things falling apart. And, and gee, I invested time in this woman or this person and wasn't anything like I expected. So it, the, the idea is expect everything and hope, hope for everything and expect nothing. Hope for everything and expect nothing. I think that's a great that's a great way to look at it. I think that again, you know, I used to tell my kids that there's going to be there's going to be disappointment. There is going to be where things times when things don't work out pretty often, you know, and it's more about the preparation for how you deal with disappointment and not meeting your goals than it is in getting things that you want. That you know? is the whole aspect of my, of my latest book called My Dog Got Run Over by the Rainbow but, and <laughs> with Joe Vitale and myself. And it's, it's about the tragedies of life that happen and we can either be downtrodden. Uh, coming from my experience, there was a time in my life where if a relationship didn't go and uh, uh, the lady broke up with me, I would be devastated 
for up to two years. Two years of just sitting and staring at a wall, you know, two years wasted because I didn't know how to hurt. Uh, Werner Earhart in his trainings many years ago, he says, whether we like it or not, there's suffering in life. He's in favor of short-term suffering rather than long-term suffering. Well, I became a, an expert at long-term suffering. This book that I have is about dealing with those emotions, the depression, the anger, the upset, the uh, falling short of, of what your expectations are, the dramatic ones, the divorces, the things, the losing your job and so forth, and dealing with emotions and, and learning how to uh, feel them not be consumed by them and use them as a call to action to see the rainbows and the opportunities in life. Because you may go on that date and this person may not meet your expectations. You may be very disappointed and you're just sitting there sulking and feeling sorry for yourself for wasting the time. But there may be somebody over there who catches your eye. But if you're in sulking and being down on yourself, you're never going to see that person. Uh, yeah, so many people do that. And then also, it's not fun to be on a date with somebody who's disappointed in you. It's like, uh, that's who well, showed up. <laughs> the, the, next, the next thing is the anticipation of where you're going on a date. You know, unless you're a professional dater, you really don't know. So where are we going? So where do you go on your first date? Can you give me some options? Um, often it's coffee or a drink because coffee. people okay. are meeting for the first time because they're meeting online generally today. Well, I, I don't so know you just want to see somebody, right? right? Okay. Coffee. Bah, don't go for coffee. Never <laughs> go for coffee. Okay. First place you meet the date there. All right. So it's an easy goodbye, you know, uh, if you like the date and you know, it, it doesn't get plus, where do you sit when you go for coffee? What are your options? Where do you sit? Well, when I go for coffee, I go to a coffee shop, not, not Starbucks and not Dunkin' Donuts, but like a place with couches and nice chairs and, you know, where we can actually have a pastry and a coffee and sit and talk comfortably. Okay, but where do you sit in terms of, do you sit next to the person? Do you sit across the person? Where, how's the seating arrangement? Um, it's, it varies. What do you recommend? Well, you're selling yourself and that, you know, if you look at sales and this is about sales, uh, sales people tell you the best place to make a sale is if you're sitting next to your person, next to mm -hmm. your prospect and you're focusing in front of you on maybe a laptop or a, uh, a tablet or a flip chart and you're, you're selling something, but now you're selling yourself. But if you're sitting next to the person, the best place to be for sales, there's no eye contact. There's no touching. And you might be invading their space. Mm -hmm. Now, on the other hand, you sit across from the person. Well, from the sales point of view, that's an adversarial position. What you get eye contact, you might get some gentle touch, but it's not, it's an adversarial place. So my point, I've never succeeded in coffee shops. Bang, out with coffee shops. Okay, so what do you recommend? Uh, well, let's go down the list if we may. How about a movie? No. No way. Uh -uh. <laughs> You're not talking. <laughs> You're not talking. And if you end up going to a movie like uh, uh, the, the, uh, 
what's that ship that sunk the the one the big uh titanic titanic man how are you gonna <laughs> feel after you leave from watching the titanic <laughs> no way movies no good what else do okay we have? well i want to i want to say one good thing about movies i read a book many years ago by a therapist and one of his litmus tests for a date was to see in a movie if they had a similar worldview they would come out and discuss the movie. And that's the key is discuss the movie and see what did you think of the movie? And so that's interesting. So I would say I don't do movies on first mm. dates, but there is some value to seeing how somebody processes something. And he would say, if a person, you know, you get out of the movie, you think it's God awful. And this person is like, I thought it was fantastic. Then you're going to probably not have that much in common. Yeah, so, it's too risky. Yeah, Too it risky. is a big risk. You, but you want I, to minimize your risk as much as possible. And, you know, I'm not saying that that uh, meeting for coffee could be great for some people, but there's risk mm -hmm. there. Uh, the risk, you know, when you're done coffee, she goes her way, I go my way, we have cars, that's it. You know, you walk her to the car, you open the door, you, you might hold hands, you, you might, I don't know, you know, there's risk. You know, that's not where you want to end. You don't want to end parting each, uh, each other. What other options do we have? Dinner. Oh, we're talking <laughs> 60 bucks, 150 bucks. We're talking now in COVID-19. Okay. I, I don't know how the, the situation is in terms many people don't even go out because they're afraid, uh, many, but it, take away COVID-19. You might be talking 30 minutes, 45 minutes waiting for a table. So it might be noisy. I don't know. For me, I found out in time that my brain, my IQ, and that's the one other thing I forgot to mention about the stress response. When we're in the fight or flight, our IQ drops. So if you're an IQ of 110, you're down to 90. So that's why we want the parasympathetic nervous system to kick in because when your IQ drops, your creativity is gone. It's ugh, gone. Yeah, it, hard to think of things to talk about. You know, what do you say? You know, all this stuff, it's gone. Uh, so the uh, restaurant with noise, so that would be the same as meeting somebody in a bar. That's the last place I would go to meet a person or take a person because my IQ drops uh, and with, with the noise and the sound. And, and then you have the same issue seated across from the person uh, or next, you don't sit next to the person in a restaurant. And again, you take the person home and you're at their front door. Okay, are we gonna get a, a kiss on the lip? Are we gonna get an invite? We have all those big questions. And if maybe you've had the guidance and taken a course from uh, a dating expert or, and whatever, that, that may be fine and, and, and good and you are confident, that's fine. Uh, but confidence is something about practicing and knowing that you develop a skill and that you can execute that skill over and over. So unless you're dating every week a new person, it's hard to develop a confidence and a skill like that. Again, even meeting somebody in a, in a dance hall or a, a cocktail lounge, it, it's like you have to put on a show. You got to come up with lines to entertain them. You have to come up with lines like, wow, what a hot body. You must spend your life in the gym. Now, if you don't say you must spend your life in the gym, wow, what a hot body. The first thing she wants to take me to bed. 
I, but you must spend your life in a gym. That's a compliment. The work that I'm doing in the gym is paying off. So you have to work on these lines. Now you can have a pickup line and you can have 10 people deliver that pickup line and get 10 different results with the exact same pickup line. So there's a lot of learning to develop that confidence. So I don't recommend dinner. Okay, so we don't have, we're not meeting for dinner, coffee, a movie, a bar. Um, I get a lot of people inviting for a hike, which I say no to because I don't know them and I don't want to be alone with a person who's a stranger. Or a walk in along the beach, you know, like you go yeah. for dinner and where you don't, well, you like to go for a walk, maybe along the beach or, or at a park. It's dark. <laughs> there could be, you could be mugged. You don't yeah. know the person, you know, so exactly. None okay, of these so things. No. What no. does work? <laughs> uh, going to the lady's house, going to the apartment for the first date. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Now, how do you do that? How do you figure that out? Well, you know, I have uh, food sensitivities and I'm a great cook. So one of the first things we talk about uh, in, in the book, I have uh, internet dating for dummies like me. We talk about food, and I, I let them know that I'm a super cook. Now, you don't have to be necessarily a super cook because my book has all the recipes and tells you how to do it so that any dummy can uh, steam rice and make perfect rice or make a perfect vegetable or sauteed vegetables or whatever. So you let the person know because they don't like restaurants either unless that's their thing about being taken out and seeing how much they can get off a guy. You know, there are some gals who do that every week. They go out with a different person. They go to dinner and it's their thing to see how great expensive restaurants they can get to. But we don't, we're not going to, uh, we weed them out pretty quick because they're not going to be open to this idea. Every time while I was in the dating scene, this worked. And it's simply to let the person know I have food sensitivities, restaurants are our problem. I have it, you know, first place you got to wait 45 minutes for a seat on a, uh, a date night. And then I have to quit, quiz the, uh, uh, the chef for 15 minutes to make sure all the ingredients are okay. But I'm a great cook. What's your favorite meal? You like lobster? You like uh, king crab legs? You like steak? What, you like tuna? Whatever you like. So instead of us going out on an evaluation date, we are planning a project. We've just become like high school kids planning a project. We're going to have dinner and I'm going to bring this, uh, I'll go over the recipe. She has the butter. She has the cookware. She has the, the salt and the pepper, the spices. I'm going to bring uh, the wine. Maybe she has the wine. They generally, the, uh, the woman usually has the wine. So we plan a time, a date. So I'm not standing in front of her uh, door wondering if she's going to let me in after I've taken her to a restaurant. She's inviting me in her home. I, I arrive with a picnic, uh, insulated picnic thing with the uh, uh, lobster or whatever staying cold. She invites me in. We have a, a drink of wine. Now, when you're in her home, you have a lot of advantages. 
See, when you're in a restaurant or when you're out, you don't know what painting is on her wall behind her couch. You don't know what kind of furniture she has, whether she has antique furniture, whether she has modern furniture. You don't know anything about her taste. But suddenly, her world has opened up to you. You know all this, and you converse about that. And then it's time to prepare dinner, and you do it together. She makes the rice, you do this. It's a, it's a combined event. And after that comes dessert and an after-dinner drink. And the natural flow is, let's change into something more comfortable. She changes into something more comfortable. And you now have a real date. And you get to know the person. The person gets to know you. I hear you, and I have so many issues with this. <laughs> As a woman, I would never go to a man's home no, you or wouldn't. have him would. come to my home. Yeah. I, I wouldn't. I can appreciate I, he's that. a stranger to me. And, and I don't know any woman who would do that. I, I think that's a great date for a future date once you know somebody and you've built some trust. But how do you trust a person that you've met online? They could be anything. They could... And, you know, one of the things you, you mentioned, well, I don't know much about her. I mean, that's during COVID. One of the things that I've been teaching as a dating coach is have video chats. So somebody can't see the inside of your home. Years ago, I dated people long distance, you know, an hour and a half, two hours away. And we decided if we wanted to meet, we would take each other around our homes with our phones and say, mm -hmm. you know, here's a little tour of my house. I am an artist, so people can see I have painted furniture, I have done these, these are parts of me. I would not invite those people into my home. So, so how, do, you know, how do you come up with this idea when you know, there's so much fear? You are absolutely right. And I was floored. I was totally floored because of several dozen dates, I've never had that issue come up. I expected everybody to say, no, I don't want you to come to my house. I, you know, I don't even know you, but somehow during the communication, whether it be, uh, this is back in the days before we were texting, it was all email at that point. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is how I, I met my uh, present wife, mm -hmm. just this way. And I agree with you. I would think the woman who had me come over must be crazy in the head, <laughs> but it always worked out. I never... Right. Never had a woman said, no, you're not coming to my house. Well, I think it's partner. partially how you set it up. You know, you said, I have allergies to, to food sensitivities. I'm a great cook. Let's create a project together. You know, so there was some trust built. And also you're offering something before you're saying, hey, let me into your house. I'm a total stranger. I could be an ax murderer. And, you know, so I don't know. So it's an interesting thing. It certainly has turned it on its head. And I'm sure I'll get a little pushback for this in, when people <laughs> listen to the podcast. But hey, why not? It's you wacky. Know, I have no yeah. idea why it works. But like I said before, <laughs> I don't know if I had a special way of saying it. But like a pickup line, you can have 10 guys say the same pickup line and get 10 different responses. Right. I used the same approach and I got always success. So I don't know if it was something specific about the way I worded it or the way I came across, I don't know, but I come across as a genuine person generally. The, the interesting thing that I, I found about myself over the years is that uh, people often 
look at me as kind of standoffish. I don't seem to have the, uh, the approachable type of face or smile, uh, if you get my gist. So I, I, that has kind of like been a handicap. Somehow this worked out. All right. Well, got you success. So, hey, if somebody listens and it works for them, then we've made another uh, good match. So <laughs> um, I just, you know, as a caveat, everybody should use caution when dating in general and, um, and be able to recognize red flags and people and all that other stuff. So that's, that's a whole other discussion. But, you know, I think that there's a lot of wisdom in saying that most of the first date uh, locations and the ways people go about doing first dates are ineffective you know whether you're just sitting side by side i mean certainly during covid people are meeting and they're not always eating food because a lot of people don't eat out and you know and how do you trust somebody so that's a whole other discussion i teach a whole course on that which is um you know how to find love during during the pandemic it's it is a whole other ball of wax but you know what, what do we do take along our infrared temperature tensor uh, well so, <laughs> yeah some people are oxygen ten <laughs> sensor and uh, a questionnaire <laughs> i mean you know you do have to know what you feel comfortable with and i think that's true no matter when we're dating or how we're dating what works for you is going to be what's going to work and if you're not feeling safe then all the anxiety is going to come back which is what we're talking about today you're going to feel like i can't trust anybody I'm not going to be out there dating. So figure out what works for you first, bring that up on dates and mm -hmm. see how the other person responds. If they tell you crazy, then they're not the right person for you, right? Um, and yeah. So let's talk about dating success. Um, you say there are five things that can help a date be more successful. Can you share those with us? Well, number one is confidence. Everybody wants to be confident. And as I said earlier, you develop confidence by practicing a skill over and over and over. And if you're in a position to afford a dating coach who, can, who you can bounce your ideas off of and learn from that, that's great. But most people aren't. And the problem with confidence is that you want to be confident, but most people shoot themselves in the foot with basic habits they've learned over the years, such as, you know, I really meant what I said. <laughs> you know what that is? <laughs> the gallows laugh. Right. Means whatever I said, forget it, ignore it. So, or they fill in silence. Silence is wonderful, but instead of letting it be silent, and uh, uh, kinda, uh, should uh, uh, the you know they got to fill in silence. So did they get past third grade? You know. <laughs> so those are some basic. How you dress. Now, most guys who are dealing with anxiety probably aren't from the in crowd in high school where they developed the confidence and they had the dates that they wanted and went steady with this gal and this gal or whatever. They are uh, uncertain of themselves and they want to be unique. Some people want to be unique. So rather than join the, the ordinary people, they want to be unique. So maybe they 
will have, well, for instance, the guys who wear their pants down around their hips and it looks like they're going to fall off. All right. Ah, you know, no, your risk of uh, having a, an impression that is worthwhile goes to zero. Uh, spiky hairdo to look different. You know, don't try to be, be you. If you're trying to be unique, you're not being you. You're being something else, not being you. Like, for instance, one time I wanted to be unique and I dressed up like a Tootsie Roll. The lady said hi, called Uber, and left. I was just kidding. I never did that. But <laughs> that it, being unique is being you, not making yourself look like something different to be unique. Right. So th those are some basic tips. Now, the other thing is assertiveness. Many people are not assertive. Many people, uh, they, they are yes people. No, chameleons. Don't be a chameleon. Don't be a yes person. Don't be a door person. Okay, fellows, be chivalrous. Give her your coat if it's cold. Uh, if there's a mud puddle, walk around. Open the door for her. But if you're like in a group of people and you're out on a group date, don't be the guy who runs through the only guy who runs for the door to open up for everybody else. Don't be the door person in life. It just devalues you. You have a right to say no. You have your own personal space. You can mirror if, if somebody uh, says, uh, but why, why aren't you doing something? Uh, you you have a you have a right to if if they take you off the subject uh you, you ask them uh why are you late but your car doesn't look right you know they'll go off topic well may i ask you again why were you late so they take you off topic don't let them take you off topic always get back to the topic don't don't let them deflect Many people, the big complaint about President Trump is he's an expert at deflection. He doesn't deal with the topic. He deflects. He deflects. He de deflects back onto Obama. He deflects onto Hillary. He deflects onto everybody else rather than staying on topic. Don't let people deflect. Stay on topic. They will respect you more. My final question is what are some icebreakers that people can use to help relieve first date anxiety? Icebreakers it can be games. Um, one of my favorite icebreakers was I, I would tell a story. And the story would be uh, an imagination. Say, you're walking down, let, let's have fun with imagination. Uh, you're walking down a roadway. Tell me what the roadway looks like. So. They would respond that the roadway is either like a uh, uh, four-lane superhighway or it's a, a gravel road with twists and turns and trees around and stuff like that. Okay, you, you come off of the roadway and you walk into a wooded area and a bear jumps out in front of you. What do you do? Well, they have different options. Some people freak out. Some people... Uh, talk to the bear, 
you know, everybody comes up with a different idea of how they deal with a bear. Now, we walk along a little further and we find a, a pond. And you want to get to the other side. How do you get there? Well, some people walk all the way around. Some people find a rowboat there and they row themselves across the pond. And then we get to the other side of the pond and there's a doorway, just a doorway. What do you do with it? Well, some people study it. Some people walk, open it and walk in. Uh, so they come up with their responses. And then you go back after they've gone through this and, and you do an analysis uh, of it. So you're not telling them, the last thing you want to do is invalidate them. You want to have fun with this. So for instance, the, the highway is that if you saw a four lane highway, you pretty much in your life are probably very directed, very straight, and you're on your way and you're not, you're not paying attention to the, what's going on around you. You know, you're, you're single-minded, okay? Uh, if, if you found yourself on a uh, gravel road and twisting and turning and, and you have uh, surroundings and trees and things like that, you're, you're into uh, the experience of going where you're going as opposed to heading straight through. Now, when you come off the road and, and there's the bear, well, the bear is how do you deal with the uh, tragedies in life? How do, you, how do you deal with the threats in life? You know, uh, some people freak out and some people are more calm. So you, you look at that. And, and then you come to the, uh, the pod and that's how creativity, that gives you an indication of one's creativity, whether they take the, the laborious way around or whether they invent a way to get across the pond. And, and then the last, the door is death, how you perceive death. People that open it right up, they have no fear of, of death. People that study it, well, you know, it's something I don't want to deal with, you know, whatever. You, so that's an opportunity to discuss the person's response without uh, nailing them down without judging them or criticizing them or just having and having fun. Hmm. An, another thing that I would often use is my background is uh, hypnosis and we have pendulums. So I might have a pendulum with me. And so we would see how the pendulum would work. Uh, the pendulum can be used to uh, quiz one's unconscious mind. Say that a person I'm dating is a hairdresser. Now, do they really like hairdressing? What do they like, really like to do? So uh, there's a whole way that you can set up the, uh, the pendulum of swing and the subconscious, it's called the idiomotor response, connects with the subconscious mind. So you might start by saying, uh, is your name, for instance, is your name Sandy? And you, you hold the, the pendulum and the pendulum swings no. Oh, that's strange. That's because you really regard yourself as Sandra, not Sandy. So the pendulum is telling you this. So do you like what you do? Do you like being a hairdresser? So the pendulum will say yes or no. If it says no, well, then you go further. Uh, what have you thought about? What would you like to be? So you, you can do uh, things like this to have fun. The last thing you want to do on a date is talk about yourself.
over and over and over and over and try to impress your date and tell them how much property, how much money you have, or tell them how much uh, they should be taking vitamins or, you know, boring, boring, boring. Be interested in your date. That's a big issue for a lot of people. And, and a lot of times nervousness leads to yes. incessant talking. Yes. Um, and, and I have told clients to interrupt, you know, and just say, hey, you've been talking about yourself for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you want to know about me? Um, I'm so, calling yeah, Uber. <laughs> we, <laughs> exactly. But, you know, sometimes they're good people. They're just a little misguided. Um, so this has been an enlightening conversation, Richard. I really appreciate you sharing your thoughts. It's definitely been uh, a lot of things that I hadn't thought about. And coming from your background, it gives me a lot to think about. So I am sure that our listeners will benefit a lot from this episode. So thank you. And if you can share with us how people can find you. Uh, you can find me uh, on the website. The web website is... Uh, D as in David, stress, the word stress, S-T-R-E-S-S, D-O-C dot com. Or the easy way to get there is use the word T-H-E, the 987.com. And that'll take you uh, to my stress management website. It will also take you to a tab where you can get the book, download the book, uh, internet internet dating for dummies like me. So you can look at it. Yes, it, it seems like a way out thing to expect that any woman would allow you to come to her house. Really strange, really way out there. To me, it's as strange as expecting I could walk into a cocktail lounge and walk up to the, the most beautiful woman there and walk out with her. <laughs> totally out, totally out. Can't expect that to happen. But it, it really does work. And the other website I have is selfesteemcure.com, selfesteemcure.com. And that's where you can get the book, uh, My Dog Got Run Over by a Rainbow. Well, you are certainly prolific writing all these books and all these CDs. And so I'm sure people can find something on one of your websites that will resonate for them. And thank you, everyone, for listening today. If you love our show, please rate and review us. And we hope you go on your last first date very soon. 